The Mets were swept in Detroit by the freaking Tigers and Torkelson and the old friend Javi Baez in his first homers of the year. How about that? The Mets offense sucked. Max Scherzer sucked. Justin Verlander wasn't bad, but the offense sucked. And the Mets are 500 after a pathetic sweep. And you know I'll have a lot of words about it, Figgy. So you're going to want to listen to this episode. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to start this one. Not only that, but we got to get into a little deeper what's going on with Mad Max. And definitely welcome sight to see Verlander, but it wasn't the Verlander we were expecting in that first inning. Two aces, zero wins, and a sweep in the Motor City. I'm going to have to ride off the roof, my rooftop if the Mets lose to the Rockies this weekend. We'll talk about what the hell happened in Detroit, and hopefully there will be a fix in Queens this weekend. It's all coming up next. An amazing but true from the New York Post. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks. It's out of here. We got you. No, I can't do it. I can't fake it. I can't be you. Listen, folks, welcome to the Amazing But True podcast. I'm Nelson Figueroa alongside my co-host. And if you're wondering why you haven't heard from him yet, oh, don't worry. You'll be hearing from him. Jake Brown at Jake Brown Radio at Figgy NY at Amazing But True. Uh, Desperate times call for desperate measures. And we're hoping that they're going to play this maybe tonight or tomorrow for the Mets and see if it's a wake up call. Jake, take it away. I've been mostly positive, Figgy, about this team. I've said, don't worry, it's early in the season, and I, I don't think the season's over today. There's plenty of time. And I pointed to this date, as people listen to this, Cinco de Mayo, about all the things, guys coming back. We'll see. He'll be back around Cinco de Mayo. Justin Verlander came back on May the 4th, be with you on the eve of Cinco de Mayo. They get Max Scherzer back two days on the eve of Cinco de Mayo. Guys are coming back. They're getting healthy. But on Cinco de Mayo, Mets fans are getting hammered. They're getting drunk to wallow away and sorrow away from a sweep at the hands of the 10 and 17 previously Detroit Tigers, the team that had the least runs in Major League Baseball in the Detroit Tigers. And the Mets came out here and were beat up by the Tigers, by the likes of Eric Haas, who Andy Abanez, no relation to Raul. <laughs> You want to say who? How about Akil Badu? How about a, a guy who sounds like he was in SpongeBob SquarePants? Spencer Torkelson. My mic is falling. This is a disgrace 
Six shutouts in 32 games. That leads the league tied with the 8-23 Kansas City Royals. The Mets had eight shutouts all of last season in their 101-win season. They are now 500. They were just lifeless on Thursday, not scoring a single run, not putting a guy on base to the ninth after the fourth inning from the fifth until the eighth. No one? Ninth? Oh, they got someone on. But guess what? Brandon Nimmo said, I'm going to steal the one time I should not steal. Down two runs with the big boppers coming up. What are you doing? The one spot you cannot run is down to one out top of the ninth. Brandon boneheaded Nimbo said, this is my chance to get a steal. This is my chance at glory. It wasn't. And what happened there cannot happen. Starling Marte strikes out. That's another story. We might, Marte might, looks hurt. I mean, Starling Marte is struggling in the field at the plate, running the bases. Marte might be hurt. That's a side point that we'll get to. Lots of wild strike three calls. Justin Verlander, bad first inning. He was terrible in the first inning. Gives up back-to-back homers. He recovered. He wasn't the problem on Thursday in his debut. The problem was they couldn't hit. And Figgy, I love Buck Showalter. I'm not one of the fans blaming Buck Showalter for these losses. But can you get fired up and get tossed on one of those strike threes as my mic falls again? Can you go out there and show you have some life? Can you show that you care? He went out there and had a conversation. A conversation. We're not at the diner on a Sunday morning at Neptune Diner in Queens getting bacon, egg, and cheese. It's a Thursday afternoon in Detroit and a must-win game to avoid a sweep. We're not getting a cup of coffee. We're trying to win a freaking baseball game. Bucks got to get tossed in that spot. The umpiring was not great, and this is unacceptable. I'm pissed off today because you had to at least win two out of three. On Thursday, you had to salvage the series and take one. Instead, you were swept by the Tigers, not the 98 Yankees, the Detroit Tigers. You made Rodriguez look like Sandy Koufax out there. I mean, eight just dominant shutout innings. He looked like the guy who won 19 games in 2019 for the Boston Red Sox. The Tigers should not be hitting like they did. The Mets should not be not hitting. I don't even know if that made any sense. Like they did not. Double negative, but it works. Quadruple negative. I'm about to play third. Put me out there. Third on the mic. <laughs> All right, Jake. Take it away. I'm pissed off today. No, I need I, to cool down. Let me just. Oh, good God. Put myself a little bit. Well, well, take it away, Figgy. Yeah, there's nothing that you said that was wrong. And um, it just looks lifeless in Detroit, right? Sleepless in Seattle, lifeless in Detroit. It's It's been very, very bad looking baseball. Um, you know, they make a comeback in that first game. And since then, one run in the next two games, up and down the lineup, just bad swings. Okay with just popping up or flying out weekly. There's a lot of foul territory. Sure, whatever. But these swings have to get better. Marte, to me, does look hurt. He, he, there's nothing about his game that looks like he's confident, doesn't look like he's... And, and it was reassuring towards that end of that national series where he hit a line drive, two line drives in that game, and then got a base hit later on 
uh, towards the end of the game where they won, you started to think, okay, Marte's coming around. He's got his timing back, you know. But ever since he's banged that neck uh, sliding in the third base, he just doesn't look right. His routes to balls, doesn't they don't look right. They don't look like a guy who's capable of playing gold glove defense. It doesn't look like a guy who used to play alongside Andrew McCutcheon and push McCutcheon out of the way uh, to take his job. I, I don't see Marte having that same quick first step. You know, he's stepping back on balls. He's just missing balls. And that was the difference in yesterday's game, right? When that ball dropped in, uh, right there in front of him, he had a chance to get it. And Adovino wasn't able to, you know, uh, keep Baez. Uh, he drills Baez and then he winds up giving up the double. That's something that you're looking at this team and you're realizing that for all the good that they do, there's a lot of faults. There's a lot of weaknesses. And striking out wasn't one of them. But not being able to score runs at all, uh, already six shutouts, it, it's not the same mentality. I don't know if that's the right thing to say. It's not the same mentality. It just doesn't like the, the, the effort is there. Like the at-bats are like, okay, it's only one at-bat. I'll get another one you know, next time. There's no urgency. There's no urgency. And like you said, it's, yes, it's not a must win, but it is a must win. You don't want to get swept by the lowly Detroit Tigers. You're supposed to beat those guys, especially Verlander's debut. you got to find a reason to spark the team. And and whether it's him, whether it's Francisco Alvarez getting tossed, whether it's Verlander himself getting tossed, maybe Max Scherzer should have got tossed. He's used to doing that. Maybe he could have yelled out from the bench and got tossed there as well. But uh, you know, the Mets are, are having big, big problems scoring runs and even bigger problems with the starting pitching, you know, giving up uh, runs early in the game and the team having to come from behind. So it's not a recipe for success by any means. They pitch, they can't hit. They hit, they can't pitch. And it's like Friday, need- right? Ham, no burger, peanut butter, no jelly. I, I need chicken parm in my life. I just... I, I need uh, I, I need something because Figgy, the other problem is Max Scherzer doesn't look himself. And that's a concern. And people want to say this, and you can argue both sides of this. You built your team around two essentially 40-year-old starters. One is 40, uh, one will be 39 this year in a few months in Max Scherzer. You can say that was a recipe for disaster. But what in their past in the pr- prior years shows you that this was going to happen? I mean, Verlander, it's too early to talk about. And, you know, the first inning jitters, you get it. He recovered. Justin Verlander put one of the most historic seasons in the history of the sport together last year, winning 18 games and having a 175 ERA. That doesn't happen in Major League Baseball, especially in today's era. It just doesn't happen, Figgy. And the only other guy to win a rookie of the year, Cy Young, an MVP, was Don Newcomb. So Verlander is, I think, is going to be fine. But Max, you know, another guy, you got him. After a 15-4-2-4-6 ERA year last year, he goes out last year, puts together a great season, mixed it with some injuries, but 2-2-9 ERA. It's not like you like you look at their age and you're like, it's going to crumble now. Because what told you it was going to crumble? Because last year they both were incredible. So I, there's something more to this with Max, and I want to see more outings. I want to see better weather. You know, you saw he was frustrating once again when they were checking him after the inning. You saw he was kind of getting riled up because they're going to check him a little bit extra than they're going to check any other pitcher in the league right now. And you can see he's frustrated by that. And maybe he's having trouble gripping the ball. Maybe you could explain this better than I can, obviously, as a pitcher. But I don't know if the grip isn't there or something is there. But if these two guys can't dominate and can't be great and don't show signs of greatness, first off, they won't get to October. But if they do... They won't succeed in October if you can't trust Scherzer. You saw what he did in the playoff game against the Padres, and it's why there are some some Mets fans who hate him because of that one outing. These guys have to be good to even get them to that spot, 
And right now it's early. It doesn't look like a team that deserves to be in that spot at 16 and 16. This division is good. The NL is good. And the way the Mets are playing is not good enough. So something's got to give here with Scherzer. And, you know, we want to see Verlander be dominant. This is one start, five innings. You know, he was, I'm not going to be mad about Verlander giving up two homers in the first inning, but these guys have got to be them Cy Young selves because the rest of the rotation isn't much to write home about and the lineup isn't producing enough outside of Brett Beatty, who seems to get a hit every time he's out there and every time he plays. I know a lot of Mets fans were mad he didn't play Thursday, two doubleheaders in a couple-day span. The guy needs a day off. Escobar's got to start once every two weeks. He got the start. But Max is concerning right now. Yeah, no, without a doubt, Max is very concerning. And one element that I think people aren't realizing, yes, when you're an old Cadillac and people know what to expect from you, you're used to running on your own time. You're used to running at your own pace. This pitch clock thing, I think, is getting to him. And I think it's getting to him in a major way. Remember down in spring training, he tinkered with it. He wanted to force the issue. It was almost like he was a basketball player thinking, let's do full court press the whole time to the hitters, right? And he had the the hitters on the defensive. Remember that? But then the second game, when he tried to do that again, he had the ball called on him. The, the soft hit balls, the, uh, the the violation that was called against him, all those things, you know, stirred out of control. We said, ah, oh, it's just spring training. He's messing around with the, you know, different tempos and timing and all that stuff. It's not that you can't teach an old dog a new trick. It's when the reality of this thing was this is real and it's in place. And now you're talking about a lot of pitchers who are feeling forced to hurry up. And it's taking a toll not on their stuff, uh, but on their endurance, on their their demeanor. Um, you know, Max Scherzer maybe wants to walk around the mound a little bit and slam the rosin bag and get refocused and, and maybe apply more rosin. He doesn't feel like he has the time to do that now because he has to hurry up. Once you get once you have an engagement with the rubber, you can only disengage once. And that's one of the things I think that's really starting. And he won't make that excuse. He won't. You won't hear it anywhere else. But you look at his body language. He just looks rushed. And I don't think that's ever been the feeling I had of him. I always had him controlling the tempo, him controlling, you know, the, the hitter's demeanor. And it doesn't look that way so far this year. The other thing with sliders, since spring training, his slider has not been the devastating wipeout slider that we know. And it's been hit and hit hard all season long. I'm mean, I'm sure I could look up the numbers for you, and it's going to be batting probably well over four or five hundred against his slider with a huge slugging percentage. So one of those things that happens is you add some more rosin, you try and grip the ball tighter, you try and make it a little bit nastier, and there's more wear and tear. There's more um, chances for that pitch to go out of the strike zone, bounce and become a wild pitch, and a runner moves over, and you can see this all kind of being in his head. He's stronger than that. We know he's much stronger willed than just that of the pitch clock or his first few outings or being checked constantly. Listen, if he can't overcome that, then, you know, maybe it's time to move on for him to go out there and focus on task at hand. And as simple as him going with each batter, it's one round, a heavyweight fight. He's going to be the victor. He has to figure out a way to do that every single time to every hitter he's facing. That was the mentality of the Max Scherzer that I knew when he was with the Nationals and you had to face him. You saw hitters not comfortable in the box. You saw hitters that were like, man, this guy's just out of his mind because he controlled the tempo. 
I don't see that guy right now. And when I do see it, it looks like it's forced because he's trying to get it all in within those 15, 20 seconds. Yeah. When you do something figgy for 15 years, the same think about this. Both of these guys have been in the league for 15 years. That is a long time. And you as a pitcher, you know, you get in routine, you know, the time you get to the ballpark, the time you throw the first pitch, you know, when Max last year famously got mad because someone was out, out at the mound. I think it was like Korean night or something throwing the first pitch and he got mad. He's like, get off my mound. These guys get in a routine. And after 15 years of doing the same thing, you change it now. It takes time to adjust. But I don't want to be the guy here making excuses. I will still say it's early. and I still will say it's 32 games in and you have 130 to go. But Max is getting $43.3 million a year. And we could say all we want about this team and all the money that Steve Cohen has and wiping his ass with million-dollar bills and he's the richest owner in sports and they'll be fine, they'll buy someone else. But you still have invested $43.3 million per season in this guy. How he is pitching? Unacceptable for that amount. He has when, to be better. When you have both those guys, if you had what they're making, uh, eighty-five million essentially, and, and it's more than the Tampa Bay Rays, the yep. whole Tampa Bay Rays uh, payroll. So they are being and their stars on. flipping a baseball in the air, throwing a first base and a highlight reel. We <laughs> it, our highlight reels, Brandon Immo stealing second, and Gary Cohen yelling at him. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things when you're winning, you can find ways to have fun and nobody will say anything about it. But I ma- imagine he flips the ball like that and misplays it. Uh, there'll be hell to pay. And that'll you know be the last time you see him do that. Right now, the game of baseball is, you know, you're looking around and the Pirates are playing really well. And Tampa Bay is playing really well. When you say really well, we're talking about exceptional. We're talking about winning eight out of every 10 games you're playing. That is unheard of to to do that for even just for a month, let alone they're into Maine. They don't seem like they're slowing down. Um, look across town, right? The Mets have spent a lot of money to try and make this team a contender, and it just doesn't work that easily, right? You don't just put money on it. You can ask Moreno over with the Anaheim Angels. You can ask the guys down in San Diego. It just doesn't work that easily. There's a lot of other factors that go into it. And that's what the whole season is about. It's about the ups and downs. How do you bounce back from this? How do you get better from this? How do you look back in August and September, you know, September when you're pouring champagne because you clinched and made into the playoffs and you look back and say, man, remember how bad we were that first week of May? Man, it was bad. You know, you have to go through these lumps and it's okay to do that. I think I saw Nimmo talk about it today that the Braves were kind of in that position last year and then they hit their stride and wound up winning the division. You know, they had that ridiculous run towards the end. Not saying that that's the ideal, but it got you hot at the right time and put you in a position to make the playoffs and then try and go as far as you can in the playoffs. So I'm not panicked. I'm not worried. Health is the the major factor. And these guys can't go into these long stretches of, of slumps. You know, these one for 16, 17, 18 that you keep seeing from, you know, each guy, it seems individually uh, th- that can happen. Uh, you know, there's gotta be ways to, to break out of it a little sooner and other guys have to carry the load. And uh, we haven't seen a complete met lineup. Uh, up top to bottom that's been able to produce runs at a steady clip as of yet. But that, that day is coming. I'm going to look, you know, I'll try and make this positive. Here's my message. I'm going to look into the camera. I'm going to do my, my infamous mic hold. Like I like to do when I, when I mean something serious, last time I saw this Starling Marte came back after I pleaded, he saw my Instagram story and he came back for the playoffs. So you're welcome for that. Even though we lost two out of three. Yeah. Nice job, Jake. This is a Mets team that won 101 baseball games last year. This is a, 
good baseball team. This is a good roster and a team that is capable of doing it again. This has to be the wake-up call for this team. At 16-16, and 16, getting swept by the Tigers, being the laughing stock of the league right now with a roster that is a lot better than 16-16. and 16. This is the moment you wake up. This is the moment you turn it around. Right now, you have the Rockies coming to City Field, one of the worst teams in the league. Go sweep them. You go to Cincinnati against the terrible Reds. Go beat them. You play the Nationals, who are in last place. Go beat them. You have three series against bad teams. After that, the road only gets tougher, Figgy. You have 14 of 17 series against teams over 500. This is the easy part. This is where you can try and save what is happening right now. Go win. You know you're better than this. You have a future Hall of Fame manager. You have future Hall of Fame aces in Verlander and Scherzer. You have a solid closer in David Robertson. You have incredible bats and maybe Hall of Famers one day in Francisco Lindor and Pete Alonso. You have a stud rookie at third base who's tearing the cover off the ball in Brett Beatty. You have a gold glove candidate in center field this year who just got $100 million, who's in over 300 Brandon Nimmo. You have a Starling Marte who can do it all in right field. The pieces are in place. You have the batting champ in Jeff McNeil. You can't look up and down this roster and not say they're good. You have to play better. I don't want to hear Buck should be fired. I don't want to hear the season's over. I don't want to hear Billy Epler put a bad team together. He could have done a lot more, and I agree. He could have got more help for this bullpen. They lost Diaz, and that has really crumbled this team. That is really a key factor that you can't overlook. Edwin Diaz out has hurt. But this team is so much better than this, and that's why we are so mad here because we know they're better. They're not the 16 and 16 team. And all these people on Twitter and, you know, Frank, of course, Frank the Tank being all negative as he usually is, and everyone saying doom and gloom, sky is falling. Right now, yes, it sucks. But you know they're better than this. We saw it last year. This is almost the same exact team minus Diaz and DeGrom as last year. They're better than how they're playing. So go prove it. And and Buck, get mad. If there's a strike three and your hitter gets mad at Jeff McNeil like he did on a pitch that was not a strike, gets mad, go get tossed. You're trying to not get swept. It might not change the result, but it'll tell the guys, you know what, the manager's got our back. Let's go score a few damn runs. There is a psychological aspect to that. So Buck's got to be better. The hitting's got to be better. The bullpen's got to be better. Everyone has got to be better across the board. And Figgy, they are better. And I want to see it this weekend in Colorado. Right this ship, sweep the damn Rockies at City Field. Enough said. I was thinking it was a tough matchup for Starling and don't want uh, a ground ball double play here, but I also don't want to uh, get thrown out. But on a 1-5-5 thing, I should be there pretty much every time. That's what I was thinking in my head. 10 out of 10 10 times, I should be there, um, even on a bad jump. And it was also a guy likes to throw a lot of curveballs, and it was curveball count. He had just thrown a couple fastballs in a row. And so, um, anyways, I made the decision. Uh, it was it was mine alone. It obviously didn't work out. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. 
Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Jake Brown, Nelson Vigoro, Amazing But True podcast, New York Post, at Jake Brown Radio, at Figgy NY, at Amazing But True. Another new episode coming to you Monday morning after the series versus the Rockies. Feel better. I was like therapy session. It's literally what it was. That that's why I sat back and just you know let you get it all out. Let you get it all out, and you feel better, right? You, you realize you realize you know that it's not all doom and gloom. Look at all the rain that we've had here in New York. The weather has got you down, bro. The allergies are killing me. I was yeah, dying today. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be a little warmer this weekend, and you know, on a positive note, Saturday will be a special day for me. You know, I I would go with my mom sometimes to Shea Stadium. But in the 14, what is it, 2009, 14 years now at City Field, in about 15 years of City Field being open, my mom has never been to City Field. And Saturday, she is coming for the first time as me and my parents go to the Mets Rockies game. They're in town with two, I guess, friends of theirs. So we're all going. I'd rather the friends that are, I don't know, not go, but whatever. They'll they'll bring their friends. But my mom will be in the building, Mama Brown and Papa Brown and me on Saturday I could show around the ballpark. Maybe show uh, the lobster uh, roll or two. <laughs> she doesn't drink, so I can't. I can't get her the perks of you know a free drink. But we'll get her a nice diet coke. Get her her lemon, a, a cup with ice. She likes to uh, have her cup with ice. See if we can find a caffeine free. When she goes non caffeine free, that's when the party begins. Oh know? yeah, oh yeah. That's, that's her alcohol is non caffeine free diet coke. Maybe we'll get her a, a Cosmo. She'll drink a Cosmo at a wedding occasionally. That's. When she has a, a Cosmo. By the West. time you do all that, it's going to be the eighth inning. Yeah. Bottom of the eighth here. Noel Brown is two Diet Cokes deep, and the game is about to end. Seriously, what, what was today's what was today's time of the game? What, what yeah, was it was it? about two hours and, uh, what was it, two hours, ten. Hearts could check the exact time. I get it, and it's, uh, you know, a shutout, obviously. That helps. Two, One pitcher going eight. two hours, six yeah. minutes. One pitcher it? going eight innings, you know, so it wasn't a lot of changes in between. that. So that's a, a tightly uh, knit game where, you know, it's very efficient. And there you go, the pitch clock and all. But that wasn't the pitch clock's fault. That would have happened in the old days, too, with a game like that, other than probably a manager getting tossed because, uh, you know, a chance to argue and spark his team. We'll see. Live and learn. Speaking of Mama, Mama Brown, Mama Leone left a note at the door. She said, Dom, you moving on to the Metsies. Working too hard can give you a heart attack. You ought to know by now. You know, it's his last year of performing at the Garden. Is it? No. It's been like that for like 30 years, bro. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a good joke. Yeah. Because every month he gets like a couple million. Hearts is always like, you know, tickets are cheap. We should go last minute. I'm like, I've seen him 69 times at this point. I mean, I I love it. I would go again. If they're cheap, I go. But good signing there. The Mets needed to, you know, add a bullpen piece. And this is probably going to overlook because the team sucks right now. But with how bad the bullpen is, you know, this is the kind of move that Billy Epler had to make. He knows he didn't do enough. And, you know, he knows he got screwed by Edwin Diaz getting her in the WBC. But the Mets signed reliever Dominic Leone, Connecticut native, opted out with the Rangers, has had a nice career, Figgy, and could be a piece that this you know team needs. He got 1.2 million. His pro rated 1.5, 1.2, opted out of the Rangers. 
you know, as Gary mentioned on the broadcast in 2021, this guy had a 1.51 ERA in 53 innings. That's not too shabby. He had a four ERA last year, 3.69 for his career. He's been in the big leagues nine years. I'm sure a lot of people haven't heard of him because he's bounced around. He's Seattle, Arizona, Toronto, St. Louis, Cleveland, the Giants, Rangers minor leagues this year where he had a, you know, a, a 1.5 ERA. And now he's in the Mets. You know, this middle relief has struggled. They need help. Adovino can give people heart attack, heart attack, act, 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 <laughs> maybe in the theme of the song, they went out and got Leon, but Leon could be a big piece here. I, I like, this is kind of the addition you need. I talked about, you can't keep getting guys off the scrap. Yeah. He's not necessarily off the scrap. He's, oh, got, no. he's not a Jimmy Yacobonis who's been solid and shouted to him for three shutout innings the other day, but that guy had like a 70 RA. Leon's had a nice career. Yeah, no, it's a very nice signing, and it's a guy who has a chance to come home and be a part of this team, realizing that this team really needs relievers, and he's going to get a really good opportunity to to hit the ground running here. Uh, you know, did a nice job today. And then you look at uh, some of the other names that have been in Met uniforms over the. It seems like it's somebody new every day. Every time you turn on a game, it's like, who's this guy? When did he get here? And what what's going on? Who, uh, this this isn't how it was supposed to be. This isn't how it was drawn up. But they're definitely going to need some guys. Remember when I told you Brigham? Has been doing such a great job, and don't worry. He gives up the homer, of course. He's gonna get, he's gonna get into a bigger. Who's situation. the mush now, Biatch? It's not the mush. <laughs> I told you, look out, because once a guy gets an opportunity to do something against the middle of a lineup, and what happens? It spiraled out of control very quickly. He tried to just do too much, but that's something that he has to learn. He has to get over. Seth Lugo did that early in his career, and he had a fine career as a reliever with the Mets. Um, Brigham, you know, had to find out the hard way you know you can't make mistakes to the bigger part of the lineup you can't put guys on for free you can't be missing by so much where they can eliminate one pitch and just sit on another um so it's a good guy to fill those uh, that that hole that brigham was trying to fill as a, like a seventh inning guy when the game is close so it'll it'll be good to see him out there and, and uh hopefully he can continue pitching as well as he had been in triple a and adovino has been rocky man i mean it's a sign for concern because we talked about you need adovino and robertson be good if adovino's bad you know, here in a whole but it's lot the of same trouble. thing, though, Jake, you know, with all these rainouts and double headers and stuff like that. And when, you know, you had your two best pitchers that didn't pitch for like six days when the Mets were winning. It's difficult because you want to have a balance in there. You don't want to burn these guys out. It's too early, too soon. But at the same time, a guy like Adovino wants to pitch every third day. You know, he wants to be in there every other day if he could be. If it's in a winning situation, every other day. If it's a, a chance to get out there, at least every third day to stay sharp. He needs that kind of stuff. That's what he's built on. That's what he does in the offseason. He trains, you know, still a Brooklyn boy. He still trains in, in, in a place nearby. And he in the lab, they call it, he goes out there and he continues to work on his crap. He continues to try and find ways to spin the ball a little bit better, a little bit tighter. So when he goes those long periods of time, and I think it was something like six or eight days that he hadn't pitched, you know, he wasn't as sharp. And does that mean that, you know, the ball that hits Baez or would have changed anything? No, it doesn't. But, you know, he didn't make an excuse for that. But that's part of the game where you have to get these guys into a rhythm. Um, you know, he's always kind of waiting to be in there because he may close, may not close, maybe a seventh, eighth or ninth inning guy. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's one of those things that it's the gift and the curse when you're being counted on that way, but you're not getting the opportunities because they're not, you know, at nearly as plentiful. The doubleheaders are done this week. The schedule should be normal. The weather looks good in Queens. 60 Friday, 68 Saturday, 73 Sunday. Like, you had your excuses. I get Scherzer of the layover. Scherzer's got to be better now. It's time. Verlander, you got your first start. You did in Detroit. It's out of the way. You got to be better. And he'll have a few road starts before he gets his first city field start. 
Now it's go time. Starting Friday against the Rockies, it's go time. Beat up on these bad teams. We said that in Detroit. This has got to be the kick in the ass that they need, and it's time to show that you are going to compete for a division title because this is unacceptable baseball, and I don't want to see a sub-500 or team floating around 500 this season. They're better than this, so go show it. The Rockies come to town Friday. It'll be Sanga versus Senzatella. Is that how you say his name? Antonio Senzatella? Uh, I don't know. Sounds like a movie star. Spanish Academy. Uh, (laughs) Making his first start of the year. Saturday, it'll be our guy, Big Drip, Tyler McGill versus Gomber. And Sunday, it looks like Lucchese likely will go on three days rest, which is why he was pulled after four innings. Oh, my God. How about that? that Like insanely frustrating game. 46 pitches. Well, I think they they had no one for Sunday, so I I get – why they did that? If he's gonna, if he doesn't pitch Sunday, it makes no sense. I right, but I mean, but, it, but uh, you're a guy who, again, he he gave up the two runs in the first, or what was it, two or three? He gave up in the first. He gave uh, up three. He pitched pretty well. He was starting to find himself, you know. But then it's like, ah, don't worry about this game. We'll just get him in the next game. Yakabonis did a great job, three scoreless innings, you know. So you can't fault the, what the idea was. But I think as a starting pitcher, man. You you want to be able to say, hey, I can save this. I can I can save us, you know, from this. I don't want to use the bullpen up, you know, knowing that there's a doubleheader uh, involved as well. That that's that's a that's a tough one, you know, because it's not a seven inning doubleheader, you know, where it's you know that somebody's going to have to go long. That, that's a scary thing for a guy like Yakabonis. That happened to me several times. Oh, go ahead, go long. I go three, four, five innings in relief, and then it's like, all right, we need another pitcher, so go back to AAA. So it's not a it's not a fun situation for everyone involved, and he looked he looked a little confused by the questioning, and and like he wanted to be pissed about it, but he realized, man, it's been two years, and I'm getting a chance to pitch only because these guys are all hurt. You know, I can't really say how I feel, so I'm just going to go along with. You know, uh, it looks like I might start on Sunday. But I'm ready to do whatever the team needs me to do. So it it was a little uh, a little shocking that with only forty some odd pitches to get pulled. And his time could be limited. Carlos Carrasco is going to be back next week. Much to you know, Mets fans say, "No, we're better off without him." It's going to be interesting, Figgy. Do they go with an all righty rotation, keeping McGill in there? McGill doesn't deserve to be knocked out. Lucchese, you can argue, does. This is a big start if he does pitch Sunday because it could be his last. If he pitches poorly Sunday, he's definitely gone. The question is, do they go all five righties? What do you think there? Like, do you go, you know, Verlander, Scherzer, Sanga, Carrasco, McGill, or does McGill go to the bullpen? Maybe because McGill can't go to the minors. I don't think that would be the right move. I, the issue is, do you turn him into a reliever and he's a he's a bridge guy? Or do you keep Lucchese in there so you have a lefty? Is that a big deal in today's baseball? Do they need that one lefty in the rotation? No, it doesn't matter so much anymore. It's not. Nowadays, you just look at if a guy can get both lefties and righties out, right? That's usually why he's a starter anyway, because he can do both. You can't be so one-sided in your in your splits. So I don't know if that's really a, a major cause for concern. I think more so than anything, you're looking at um, Lucchese and the way he's pitching. You know, he pitched well enough to get to continue going back out there this Mets starting staff in general has been a huge disappointment there's no way to sugarcoat it there's no way to talk about it in any other terms than you know you're you're looking at guys who shouldn't really be be up here at this time or you're counting on to to carry the load 
But now when you get some of those pieces back, you hope that they're healthy uh, with Carrasco's elbow. That was a huge source of concern, um, you know, a year or two ago. He, he had a nice comeback last year where he pitched well in, in spots and got better as the year went on. But you're, you're looking at these guys and you're trying to figure out exactly what what's going to become of this starting staff. Bottom line is they need to be better. They need to be counted on in a way that means that, you know, they're going to go deeper into games. They're going to hand over the ball with leads. Um, you know, it's been too much of that first inning where bam, you're down three. That is such a hard thing to continue to, you know, punch back off the mat every single game. You know, it's like you can hear the, uh, you can hear all the the guys in the lineup as soon as you know the home run is hit against them. All right, here we go again. Let's find a way to do it. Let's find a way to 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 get up off the mat and and get ourselves back to where we need to be. So, I don't know. As long as he's pitching well, he's going to be a part of this. Even if they have to go to a six man rotation, because remember, Sango was part of a six man rotation in Japan, and if that's going to give all these guys an extra day, you know, you know, two older guys in the front and, you know, be able to space it out a little bit better. It might be the best thing for them. So they might have to go to something like a six man rotation and they have the bodies to do it. I need the quality, the quality of pitcher to continue to do it. Although Scherzer doesn't seem to like to have more than extra days off after giving the 10 day layover and using that as part of an excuse, which listen, that's, it's a long labor labor. I get it, but you know, he's got to be careful here and he's going to have to find a way to grip, grip the balls without using a legal substance. He didn't, you know, we don't think he did, but he's got to just be better. He's got to use what he has available, the sweat, the rosin, whatever, the sweat and rosin t-shirts are already out there everywhere being sold. I mean, it's unbelievable, but he has to be better. And Brandon Immo, Brandon Immo might not steal base all year now. I think he's going to be shook from this moment, but steal in the right spot. Like I was like, I'm the king of steal a base, bunt the baseball. Like I love, I'm Mr. Small ball. Like I want them to do those kind of things, but that's not the time. Like, Oh, it pissed me off. Listen, when we went, uh, when we went to city field and I was sitting at the press conference, Buck was talking about that and how Brandon Nimmo had already, you know, matched how many stolen bases he had all of last year. And was that something they were conscious, uh, conscious of? And they said they had talked about it in spring training and they were trying to get him to be more aggressive on the base pass and take those chances and, ri- and take those risks. But the idea of that doing that is usually early in the game when you still have you know, Lindor coming up and Alonzo coming up behind you, an RBI situation now, you know, it's always an RBI situation when Alonzo comes up because a home run is an RBI. But you take your team out of the ball game. It's a two-run lead, not a one-run lead. If a it was one, lead. you could live with it. Right. Two? It didn't make It didn't make sense on, on any front. Um, you know, Nimmo had uh, such a tremendous series out in the West Coast with the five-for-five five game. And, you know, it was kind of on a high coming back home. And then it started to peter a little bit. And he's not getting the same amount of hits. And the bats are looking a little lackluster. Now you're starting to see that. That's the wear and tear of playing every day, right? That's the wear and tear of, of being counted on every day to to that, that level of concentration and performance, it's not easy to sustain. So you saw him, I mean, wasn't the same at bats. You see some fly ball, weak fly balls the other way, uh, taking call strike threes. You know how much I hate that about Brandon Nimmo, where he thinks he's, his eye is better than the umpires. It, it's, you're never going to win that battle. So you're, you're starting to see, you know, why baseball and why baseball batting averages are right around 250. You know, it, it, there's a reason for it. And it doesn't mean that the guy's a bad hitter. It's just with, you know, the, the better defense, the better defense, more information that they have, even though it's not real shifts, but still shifting. 
um, you know, moving guys up the middle and and moving the third baseman over in the hole. Those things are still working, and we're not seeing the 300, the return of the 300 hitter like we thought we would when they first made all these different changes uh, to the rules. So I, I don't know. I think um, getting consistency and and better baseball IQ all the way around is, is something that is definitely a discussion um, in Buck Showalter's clubhouse this week. Be smarter. Be better. Move the ball over and just win ball games. Go sweep the Rockies. We'll close out this episode of Amazing But True next. We haven't found that consistency yet that I think we will. But uh, most times I look at the pitching, but, uh, you know, you got to beat the good ones too. And that's why it's the big leagues. You face a good pitcher every night almost. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, Figgy, good night to episode 141 of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you, Jake, and of course, to Andrew Hartz, as always, for producing the show. Give us a like, follow, comment. Uh, there's so many things you can do with us. Please interact more. We would love to have you guys be more of a part of our show at Figgy NY, at Jake Brown Radio, at Amazing But True. Check out our YouTube page to see all the videos and the behind the scenes stuff that you don't get to see see or listen to on the audio clips on youtube subscribe to our channel the podcast is again this is a labor of love we love bringing it to you and one of the things i think is uh we've been very fortunate to be able to voice our opinion no one has ever told us hey back down or don't tell you how you feel and i i'm very appreciative for that and jake brown <laughs> has uh set the standard i wait for his rants whenever i see a game like this so thank you guys for supporting us and continue to do so some loser tweeted me the other day and I don't block often, but I ended up blocking him about you were paid by the team to be nicer because I was saying I'm positive or something I'm like what? I'm literally just a fan. Like if you've heard the show before, I've ranted many times and called this team out. So I'm not on payroll here at the New York Post. I'm not in the Mets payroll. God, I wish I was because I wouldn't be living in a two bedroom apartment <laughs> in Astoria. I'd be living at the Taj Mahal. Taj Mahal doesn't exist anymore, dude. Whatever. I'd be living somewhere nicer with no roommates. I was. I remember my first days of SNY where I was called a shill. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Gary, what does that mean? <laughs> Gary tells me. And I start laughing. And I, I went back at the guy on Twitter. I think I posted a picture of the, the infamous uh, South Park, the guy that is in his basement, you know, typing on his keyboard and pushes up his glasses. I, I sent that to the guy and I'm like, dude, seriously? I go, I, I don't ever, I've never been told what to say, how to say it, when to say it. It's always been a wow, more so than anything. Like, you're allowed to say these things? Yeah, you know what? If you can back it up with facts, 
then your opinion is very valid. People got to remember, too, with these podcasts, it's entertainment. I'm not Walter Cronkite. This isn't a news delivery. I had a Devils fan <laughs> tweeting me. You know, we had our it's Up in the Blue Seat season finale the other day about this guy, Jake Brown Raider, I had to turn it off. He said Schmid was mid. Look at his numbers versus Igor. He played 14 games. Igor played 58. You dumb loser. And you hate it on New Jersey. It's a podcast. It's for entertainment. Of course, I'm going to hate on New Jersey. We know New that was, York is That bad. was off the rip. Bad. Off the rip, you were hating on New Jersey. It didn't even matter. Yeah, like, it's a joke. Like, God, New Jersey's got some nice things. I just don't want to live there. God, it's a podcast. Don't take it so serious. People just got to relax sometimes. All right, let's close with this. You know, you announced Picks 11. Give us all the details of the new show. Now that it is public, you're allowed to say. We are going to be a nightly show. Um, it's called Sport Nation Nightly. Uh, myself and Mark Malusis. Um, go back to our SNY days. Uh, we're going to be together bringing you 30 minutes of, you know, sports news, our takes, opinions, again, bringing things to you from a little bit more of a New Yorker perspective. Um, and we've uh, had some rehearsals. Today's another rehearsal. That's why I'm here so early. Uh, it'll be seven o'clock weekdays. Tune in and uh, I'm, I'm excited, very excited to be back on television and very grateful to the people at PIX for giving me the opportunity. And the first show is when? Is is Monday? May 15th. Monday, May 15th, 7 to 7.30 p.m. Eastern on PIX 11. Figgy and Moose, Moose and Figgy on PIX 11. Coming up next after your local news. Anyways, that, that wraps up this episode. Amazing, but true. For Nelson Figueroa, Andrew Hartz, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back Monday morning after the Mets sweep the Rockies. Please, if they get swept, oh my. I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need some more tea for rant part two if they find a way to get swept by the Rockies. So we'll see you at City Field. I'm happy to be back this weekend after missing the whole last homestand, bringing Mama Brown to the ballpark on Saturday with Pop Brown. It should be fun. We will talk to you first thing Monday morning. New episode drops and Figgy. After a sweep, do we close it like we usually do? I guess we need gotta. the troops, so we gotta. gotta. So let's go, man. That's what you just did? You didn't even one, two, three it? Three, two, one. Let's go, Let's Mets. go, Mets. <laughs> My mic is falling! <laughs>